Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Presenting sponsor for today's episode of the Buffalo Beat is Visa, a network working for everyone. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. This one is happening on Monday, October 11th at, uh, you know, if you're on Eastern Time, 4.12 a.m., just to let you know where we're at right now. Uh, not, you know, the, the Bills one-upping the Chiefs 38 to 20. That's that's the major story. We'll get into that. But right now, just to let you know, it's going to be a little loopy <laughs> because we're on a low amount of sleep. It's a different uh, time zone. Um had a lightning <laughs> delay. There's a lot of stuff going on tonight. A lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. So I'm going to yawn like 17 times well, during that's, this podcast. Well, that's normal for you. Yeah, that's true. I would so, yawn at 5 p.m. So Welcome into the Buffalo Beat, everyone. My name's Joe Biscaglia, and the other voice you heard is Matt Bovey, the sports director at uh, WKBW in Buffalo, Channel 7. And we are here to go over the Bills' 38-20 to win over the Chiefs, a momentous occasion, even if the team themselves refuse to to allow it to, that to even enter their brain. But I do want to think a small part of their brain thinks to themselves, man, they just beat the Chiefs, especially because the Chiefs are the ones that blew their doors off twice uh-huh. last year. They were the measuring stick heading into the season. It was the team that repeatedly in the offseason, when it was brought up, when it was um, when Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were brought up, uh, Bean's automatic response was always, you know, you look what Tampa Bay did to them to put to put uh, Patrick Mahomes at bay, and that's something that we need to do better on. And what did they do? Lo and behold, they spent three premium resources on on uh, players to help their pass rush yeah. with this specific matchup in mind. They have said longstandingly that the Chiefs are the gold standard. So we're just going to sit here and believe that this no. this win meant nothing? No, no, absolutely not. So we'll we'll get into all the weeds of it. But uh, the Bills win thirty eight to twenty. Matt Bove, what were your initial takeaways from this game? Uh, whether it be you know broad based or yeah. or in the weeds, your your call. Uh, I don't know if this is me having a little bit of recency bias, but. I might go as far as saying that this is the most impressive regular season win of the Sean McDermott era. Is that crazy? Um, no, it's not because of what it represents. Um, and I'll, I'll let you go go forward with what what you wanted to say, but I, I would put the Cowboys win yeah, up there. Yeah, that was a big one. Um, and I actually thought there was like a, a moment of similarity between the two, but you know, I I, I I think I'm with you. I mean, for especially for what they're trying to do, this was huge. I think 
The Cowboys game was the Bills have arrived as a contending team in the NFL. I think tonight, yesterday, whenever this game even ended, was the Bills have arrived as the team in the NFL. I think the Bills are now the team to beat in the AFC. I think we would have been talking about that last week, but we would have said, well, how are they going to do against the Chiefs? And they went into Arrowhead, and they punched Kansas City in the mouth on both sides of the ball. The Bills moved down the field with big chunk plays. Josh Allen had an MVP caliber game. And on defense, four turnovers? Mm-hmm. What? Like, that's insane. And we said... We were sitting there doing the podcast last week. We said, we don't even know if the Bills' defense is that good because they haven't had any real true tests yet. And then I said last week that if the Bills held Kansas City to 30 points or fewer, it would be more impressive than shutting out either the Dolphins or the Texans. And they didn't hold Kansas City to 30 or fewer. They held them to 20. It was a damn impressive performance. Yeah, I agree with you. And um I mean, there's not really much else you can say, but because they they knocked it out of the park from mm-hmm. every single way that you look at it. And I mean, you, you talk about holding the Chiefs 20 points. The Steelers scored more than the Chiefs on the Bills. Just just to put that in perspective. Um, but yes, this going to your point and the way that I termed this in my postgame observations over at The Athletic is that it wasn't an arrival. It was a graduation. For the like Bills, that. because when you look at what has been missing from them, it's being able to go toe to toe with the elite of the elite. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are they're going through some stuff right now. Like yeah. their their defense is in a rough spot, and they were missing two of their starting defenders in um, in Chris Jones and Charvarius Ward, who probably would have made an impact. Uh, but still, even if they had those guys in there, I think a lot of the story would have remained the same. So this was a graduation, not only in the fact that they beat the Chiefs, but it's a graduation in the fact that they are now totally removed from this plucky underdog syndrome <laughs> that they that they had for years on end. And now it's uh, you're the team. You are the team that has to live up to it. You are the team that are that is now going to be hunted by everyone else because this is a this is a statement win. No matter how much they don't want it to be that, this is a statement win that will go on across the rest of the AFC. And so now when you play these other teams, it's going to be a momentous occasion for all of them. I mean, it was before, but now that you just went in and smoked the Chiefs the way that you did at Arrowhead and limited Patrick Mahomes in a way that, you know, not a lot of people have, um, especially, you know, getting him to turn the ball over a couple (laughs) of times. It was just a full phase effort. And so for them to do that is mightily impressive. Um, And it completely encompasses what they needed, what they needed to do to move forward. Like this is now, this is a, a watershed victory. When you, when you look at what it means, what it represents, and now the expectations that come along with it, like this is, this is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Like it, we, we all had the, the preseason notions and before everything got started, 
But this is now a, a team that is performing at a high level. They are dominating opponents. This is four straight blowouts now. Mm-hmm. Four straight. And they should have won their first game against the Steelers. They, they blew that one. So when you have all of this going for you, you are a legitimate contender. And really, the, the teams, besides the Chiefs, that I think I, I think that would match up well with the Bills, the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, and the Chargers. I was going to say the Chargers. And that's sure. it. That's it to me. I mean, some might say the Cardinals, but I, I, I don't, I don't see it as much. But, but yeah, that this is, this is that contender moment. And they even said at the end of the game, like, you guys are going to make a lot of it. Well, you're yeah, damn right. 100%. I mean, you, you just got crushed a couple times by the Chiefs last year, and now this is their moment. And here's my issue. I understand the not making more out of a week five thing. I, I totally understand that. And they're saying all the right things. And I understand why. But this is why it means more than that. Because all summer, we heard Brandon say, we heard players say that the bar is Kansas City and that they want the AFC championship to go through Buffalo. And now, Kansas City has three losses. So the Bills are two games ahead of Kansas City with the tiebreaker. The Bills are essentially now three games ahead of Kansas City. And in their division, with the way they are playing, I do not see the Kansas City Chiefs winning their next, you know, th- what is it, 14 games. Like that. I don't think that's going to happen. So the Bills are sitting in a really great spot in there in the driver's seat. And if you now have a better record than Kansas City and have to meet again in the playoffs, it's going to be an Orchard Park. And that's what they've wanted. And it's funny because one of the things you said was about, you know, it being a watershed victory for the Bills. And I've said a lot of times these last couple weeks, things change when you go from being the hunter to the hunted. And today the Bills went to Kansas City and proved that they can do it on either side. They can win in that role. You can tell it's 420 in the morning because you said, what are they going to win their next 14? What, what is how, <laughs> It's a 17 game season. Like, oh, they played five games. Yeah. yeah the, oh, where it's loopy. That's what I meant. Yeah, that's I what, literally looked at two wins and I was like, okay, four. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think. Yep. 14. No. Math. It's 420 in the morning. I mean, Eastern time, 320 here. So, hey, we got an hour reprieve. <laughs> but we're working on minimal sleep, getting close to 24 hours being away. Like but- literally 24 hours ago, I was snap hooking drives into <laughs> We've been up for that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that's a thing. Um, so, yeah, not not 14, but... But yeah, they, they you know they're not going to run the table. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me live. They, they would have to get to 14 wins. I think you were trying to trying to go. Yeah. For. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I just had to. Yeah, I, I don't mean, see Kansas City finishing this season the way they're playing, 14 and three. And as crazy as it sounds, I can't even believe I'm saying this. That would mean the Bills would need to lose three more games for Kansas City to be ahead of them. Yeah. In you know, the Bills are probably going to lose a fluky game here, like the Steelers game. It's going to happen. It happens basically to every single team. But I don't know. I mean, they're going to be favored in every game they play from here on out except the Bucks, And they might now be favored in the Bucks game. 
Yeah. That's kind of how it's going to be how it is. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. I, that's that's way down the line. I mean. Yeah. There's a lot that can there, happen. There is one thing I will agree with uh, with the overall sentiment from the Bills team and how they spoke after the fact is that it is week five. Yeah. And that there's a lot of crazy stuff that can happen, whether it be injury. Like if yeah. Josh Allen gets hurt next week. Oh, then, then you're all the, exactly. Then you're looking at a wild card team at what they would hope at best. Don't sleep on the MVP. Just, just <laughs> don't sleep on the MVP. I'm sleeping on him. Um, I would like to sleep as well. Yes. Uh, but that from that perspective, I get it. But it's also okay to like. Maybe not publicly because then, then yeah no hundred percent but in private to acknowledge where from where they came from to where they are now it's it's such a humongous thing for this organization and um, I I know that's what what they probably said behind closed doors is was a lot different and you know to their credit they they yeah. held a straight face the entire week but but yeah this this Chiefs game was was something but. It- Go ahead, sorry. And what I was going to say is if they do play again in the playoffs and the Chiefs win, then this game really doesn't mean anything anymore. But it does prove prove to us and to everybody else that they can beat this team and they can beat anybody. Yeah, this was the first time in a long time that the Chiefs have lost lost two straight games at Arrowhead. um, Because their last game at Arrowhead, they lost to the Chargers. yeah, and there was also an era of the Bills were getting the Chiefs at the perfect time because yeah. even if they were to get some guys back from injury, it usually takes injury guys at least a week of acclimation or at least one game of acclimation to get back into the flow of things. They got Frank Clark back. They got Willie Gay, who was the best defensive end and best linebacker. They did not have Charvarius Ward. They did not have. Uh, they did not have Chris Jones. So when you have um, those things happening, and then your top cornerback is Mike Hughes, and you're also trotting out Rashad Fenton and Lajarius Sneed, like there's going to be opportunities there for for the opposing team. So let's get into Josh Allen, sure. um, because this was another one of those games for him, like. <laughs> yeah. One of those games that you remember um, from a regular season perspective, because a lot of them kind of blur together after a while, but there's always those select few where you're like, yep, remember that one, clear as day. This is how we looked. This is this is what happened and everything like that. And so this was one of those moments. And it's, he's we use the term arrive a lot, and... I think to a certain degree it was an arrival, but it was the final arrival for Josh Allen. This was the last thing outside of winning the Super Bowl that he had to check off. Beating the Chiefs, beating a legitimate Super Bowl team in their barn, Mm -hmm. being able to do all of that, that was the last thing he needed to do to, to, you know, I guess coronate himself yeah. as uh, a legitimate franchise superstar quarterback in the NFL. I mean, he's there and he dominated this game. He every single chance that the Chiefs 
gave him. He was constantly looking past the second level of the defense. He knew there would be opportunities deep down the field. He wasn't shying away from them. He was accurate whenever he, whenever he took those shots. Um, and if it wasn't there, he wasn't force-feeding it. So uh, just a full mark performance by Josh Allen. And one of those ones that I think people are going to remember for a long time, including that one that we were talking about, the Dallas game. Yep. And I wanted to, you know, I'll get into a play that, that kind of uh, I, I thought of um, with those two combined. But um, what did you make of Josh? I think tomorrow or whenever the newest odds come out that Josh Allen will now be the favorite to be the NFL MVP really? this season. Yeah. Well, he was already the second favorite. He was already the sec- he already had the second best odds behind Kyler Murray and after the performance that he had tonight or yesterday or whatever the hell it was, um he he's going to be the favorite. He is now going to be the betting favorite to be the NFL MVP and after a performance like that it is totally justified. Mm-hmm. The plays that he made the deep shots that he took. Remember a couple years ago when we were talking about how he couldn't throw an accurate deep ball? And look at some of the throws that he made today. Digs. The, the thro- that's what I mean. Like The digs one. The digs one was just perfect. Mm-hmm. The throw to Emmanuel Sanders was stupid good. Like even Sanders told us after the game, he was like, I kind of was in shock that it just hit my hands and I caught it and I kind of blacked out for a second. And it stuck to his hands. Yeah, he's like, it stuck to my hands and I just kind of like blacked out for a second. You know the first thing that immediately came to my mind? Let me let me see if I still have his name up. Uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. uh, what, what is his freaking name? I put it, I put it in the article too. Uh, yes, it is Rashid Hot Hands Hannon. Uh, from Little Giants. Little Giants. You Can I give you a hot take? Go on. My hot take is that Little Giants is a better kids sports movie than The Sandlot. And a lot of people get upset about that. Because I've thrown that on social media before and people get mad. All right. It's 428 in the morning. <laughs> Bovee's not thinking straight. Um, <laughs> no. I would tell you that. I do love Little Giants for what it's Little worth. Giants is great. Back at the icebox. Um <laughs> But the what formation do you want to run out of? Power eye. <laughs> the, the, the singular moment that kind of likened it um, to that Dallas game for me. And it's, yeah, I saw that. Uh, the moment that I really come back to from that Dallas game um there was a very similar sort of reaction to a play that he made. It was the hurdle play. The hurdle play when when he leapt over the defender, it was third and four to get to get four yards, yep. extended the drive. Six plays later, they were in the end zone. They win the game. And they they put away any of the uh any of the lingering doubt that they would have won that game. But his the way that he reacted to that play it's the exact same. Just absolutely was reminiscent of when he fumbled the snap against yep. Dallas on a fourth down. It, it He reached down, strong-armed to get the ball out of there, and then just battering-rammed his way through the rest of uh, the Dallas defense to get like five yards past the line of scrimmage. And his reaction to both of those moments was like the coming-of-age moment mm-hmm. where – it was like, okay, this dude's feeling it right yeah. now. So um, I, I just really found it interesting. I, it 
as soon as he did it, I immediately thought of that play. And I'm like, yeah, it's the same celebration. It was the same celebration. He flipped the ball down, which maybe would have been a taunting penalty. I don't know. He threw his arm forward in the first down motion harder than anybody should probably ever throw their first, Mm -hmm. you know, their arm forward. Because I would probably like separate a shoulder. Um, But yeah, absolutely. It's one of those standout plays that, you know, it, it kind of tells the story of the entire game just into one play. And that's when... You know, I saw a clip from uh, one of our uh, one of our friends, Dan Fates, over at 13 Wham in Rochester, and he had a really good angle of the Emmanuel Sanders touchdown at the end of the game, and like you could tell, Josh was playing with confidence because, like, in the video clip, he's chirping, he's like screaming at people, like "Bye, bye, see ya," <laughs> and like that's how you know, like at that point, he was like he was feeling it. Yeah, yeah, he was, and I think. Emmanuel Sanders kind of like said as much after the game. Um, he kept calling him special, special player. Yeah. It, it was a it was a special game for him. Mm-hmm. And that that Dallas game, the reason why I keep coming back back to that Dallas game is because the feeling people had when they went into Dallas on a national stage, it was like the first time that they they went from this. You know this kind of good team that plays people tough. To all right, they oh, they to pay attention to they're, they're 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 they might be onto something here. And Josh Allen was at the forefront of that. And to do what he did tonight against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, I mean, it's just it's full marks. I mean, three touchdowns over three hundred yards. At one point, he was averaging uh, like thirty three. yards per completion. <laughs> yeah. uh, just insane stuff. Um, just dispersing the ball as well as he could. Uh, you know, taking advantage of of all those little opportunities, always looking for the big play if if it's there, but not forcing it when it's not. Um, having his feet in the right way. There are a couple of instances where he had his feet kind of messed up, and yeah. and you know the, the the throw wasn't great. But those were so minuscule compared to what he did the rest of the day and the rushing stuff. I mean, that was a huge component to his game that opened up the Chiefs defense right at the beginning of things. And because they had to, if if they had to account for him doing that off, you know, actual design QB run plays, which the Bills have kind of gotten away from recently, uh-huh. then they're like, okay, well, they're a struggling defense as it is. So now they have 700 different things to think about with Josh Allen. And he just absolutely picked them apart. Yeah, my... Not for anything. Josh Allen, in like primetime spotlight, has been pretty, pretty good these last couple years. Like think about the two Monday Night Football games at the end of last year where it was against San Francisco and it was against New England. San Francisco, he was unbelievable. Against New England, they had the three touchdowns to Stephon Diggs. Obviously, you had tonight. There were those two weird Games that were prime time last year that were the Monday at 5 o'clock Chiefs game. He didn't play great in that game. Talking about Tuesday Night Titans? And then Tuesday Night Titans. (laughs) Nobody on the team was very good in that game. Um, But no, it seems like that he has stepped up on the stage and it feels like he's comfortable in this stage. And this is going to be a place where they're kind of in a lot. Like next week is Monday Night Football. And, you know, they've got more prime time games later in the season. And. You know, that's what happens when you're a good team. But the stage is never, it doesn't seem like has ever been too big for him recently. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have said the same thing a year ago, but it, now it feels like he kind of thrives in this setting. And, you know, remember like three weeks ago when people said Josh Allen couldn't play in front of fans? That was three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. People were like, yeah, but he can't do it in front of fans. Okay, well, he just did it in front of Arrowhead, in front of the loudest crowd, you know. I have the, I ha- I have the new uh, opt-out from, from that. It's like, well, lightning took away the half the fans. Lightning took away half the fans, exactly. It's like, yeah. still has it. Let you know, won a game in front of a fully packed crowd for a full sixty minutes. Yeah, no, it, I mean Josh is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. There's there's no other way around it. Um, the Bills have been waiting a long time for this player, and the Bills fans have been waiting a long time for this player. When does the conversation? I, I don't know because we're still learning. So like, I've never covered an elite NFL quarterback. Like in the time that I've covered the team, do you think I have? You you haven't either. <laughs> when do I we... started off with Trent Edwards, buddy? Yeah, I know. I mean, like, but when do we get to the point where like the it's just there's going to be a couple bad games mixed in, but like he has now earned like that. Look, I mean, yeah, there's going to be bad games. Like, look, look what Mahomes just did. That's I mean, what I mean. He's now up to six interceptions on on the year uh-huh. and. Uh, he's on pace by a long shot to have his career high in interceptions th- uh-huh. this year. Like, what does Josh need to do to now kind of get that pass? Does he ha- is he there? Like, if like you know, this is very very hypothetical. But like, if they go lay an egg next week against the Titans and he doesn't have a good game, is anybody going to be like, well, what the heck's going on? No, not not yet. I think as long as he had, I think if they have another year like win loss like they did last year and he sprinkles in these big games then uh-huh. then I think he automatically earns that treatment moving forward but for like the rest of his career like Aaron Rodgers mm, has bad it, games here and there I mean I wouldn't go that far just because we have seen the career arcs of some quarterbacks to where That's it's true. like a it's like a 2 to 3 year span and then it's like okay what the heck happened to that guy Don't talk about Carson Wentz that way he he might have been, he might have been less than that, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of examples that uh, of players that have had short term success in the scope of like you know the the Brady's, the Rogers, the Drew Brees, the Peyton Mannings of the world. Yeah. But but yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't get too uh, over my skis just yet yeah. uh, on that. Oh. But I do think he is he has absolutely earned every bit of respect that he's gotten and to the point in which that he is without question a top five quarterback in the league oh, yeah. and one that the entire team runs through. Uh, I mean, the offense was all Josh today. Literally. I mean, it was outside of what? 62 yards of, hey. of rushing from Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Good mental math. At 4.37 a.m., you added 37 and 25. I would have pulled out my phone and added that on the calculator. Good mental man. <laughs> so he accounted for all but 62 yards today. Today. Yesterday. Um, so, yeah. I mean, when when you when you are – it's like a in basketball, like players that have high usage rates, right? Like they are usually the stars of your team or they completely suck and your team sucks. Yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook, what up on the Wizards? Um <laughs> But he, he, they actually made a run at the end of the year. But, you know, neither here nor there. This is not an NBA podcast. 
Not yet. Not not yet. I could talk NBA all day. Um, Josh Allen is a high, high usage quarterback. And there are some times that he puts himself at risk. Yeah. Like running into a, a medical and equipment station. <laughs> yeah, big medical um, metal box. <laughs> on, on the Chiefs sideline. Um, he, he did subject himself to a couple of big hits in that game. Uh, but he has the frame to withstand a lot of these big hits. So it's just uh, he he is everything to this team, and that's why he is a top five valuation sort of sort of quarterback, and that's why the Bills absolutely deserve every bit of respect they're going to get over the next week, um, as long as they like the Bills are a better team than the Cardinals. I, I mean, the Cardinals are undefeated, but the Bills are a better team than the Cardinals. The, I was. I've been thinking this ever since, you know, the maybe second week of the season, watching them play as closely as, as I have since then. The Chargers are a damn good team. Yeah, they're like, legit. Like I mean, front to they back. To the Browns. They've they've got an uh, they've got a great offensive line. Um Justin Herbert is outstanding. Yeah. Uh the Browns secondary is kind of overrated, TBH. Uh-huh. Um but you know, they I mean, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler's playing at a at a great clip right now. They've got good play calling. They've got a they've got a head coach who understands um, and is smart. Uh, they're they are a, a dangerous team right now. And uh, well, it's kind of I mean, for the sake of Bill, the Bills and for Bills fans, you know, that division is kind of stacked. No, I disagree. The Broncos and Raiders are not good. Well, I'm saying like you have the Chargers, you have the Chiefs, and the Broncos and Raiders are better than the Jets. Oh, that's uh, and the, uh, and the Jets beat the Titans though. Yeah, <laughs> but we were just talking about weird things. I just think like those those teams kind of all no, beat each other. Yeah, the Jets are not good. I mean, what a, what a world though! Like, what if the Chargers win that division? And the Chiefs are potentially a wild card team. I mean, it, the Chargers, it's very, it's, they're three games up on the, them right now. The, Charger, the Chargers can absolutely win that division. Uh, they're two games up, buddy. Well, yeah, but they have the tiebreaker, too, because oh. they beat them. So okay. Well, be the, if if the Chiefs beat them. Again, the, it, the would be, round, yeah, right. it would be exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you look at the AFC on the whole right now, there are not a lot of contenders. I mean, the Chiefs are still contenders, and even though yeah. the even though the Bills just absolutely crushed them on Sunday, uh, there's no reason for me to go away from that uh, because I do think they'll figure things out by the end of the season. It's just mm-hmm. one of those years for a good team with a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, the Chargers, I think, are legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, maybe the Ravens. I was going to say the Ravens are the really only other one I'd think. The Titans are probably going to win the South by default. The Colts uh-huh. are not good. The Jags are not good. The Texans are not good. The Browns, I think, are a little bit of a shell game um, because I don't think Baker's all that good, uh, and I've never thought that. The Bengals might sneak into a wild card. I think they're they they have some flaws, but they yeah. they do have some good stuff to them. Um, Steelers not good, yeah. uh, even though they they beat the Broncos, but that's another indicator. Like the Broncos they just aren't fair. Yeah, like they're they have a. They have a talented roster, but they they, they have, don't have a quarterback. Exactly, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, the Raiders, uh, same same sort of deal. Like they have a fatal flaw, and now they've got like some some bigger picture problems with their head coach. Um, and then yeah, it's 
And then the AFC East is just a tire fire outside of the Bills. I mean, the Jets are horrible. The Dolphins are horrible. They'll probably be better when Tua gets back. And the Patriots are okay. They'll They're probably fine. they'll probably be better by the end of the season when the Bills are playing them. But you know, they I don't. They might push for a wild card spot, but only because they're they're seven teams. But the point is, like, as long the Bills have to have injury luck because that's a huge part of the equation. 100%. The point is that the AFC this year is for the taking. Like last uh-huh. year, it was oh the Bills could make a run; they could get to the AFC title game, and and if you get to the AFC title game, then then you're a Super Bowl contender. Um, but the Chiefs were always the overlords uh-huh. of the AFC. Now, there are no overlords. They have shown flaws. Yeah. The Chargers are unproven. The Bills are slightly more proven. The Ravens are unproven in the playoffs. Yeah. So when you have all of these different things, dare to think big if you're a Bills fan. Like, this can absolutely end in a Super Bowl appearance for them. And, you know, didn't know what it would look like, but five games in, we've we it is now past small sample size status. It is now into trends, and this is who the team is. And who the team is, is one of the favorites to come out of the AFC. It will be a disappointment if they do not have a bye week for Wild Card Weekend, and they are not the one seed. I, I, I wouldn't go that far just yet. I, I mean, they are in such a good it's, spot. It's week. F- I know it's. I know it's, it's week, week and, five. And I know there's a lot of. Oh goodness! I know there's a lot of things that could happen, and you know, th- there are. And it's not like they need to be that to get to where they are trying to go. They would need to get to a minimum of fourteen wins. Yeah. To get that one seed. Yeah, I think. Which so. isn't crazy, but that would mean that they have Do to they go. Know? They, they would have, have to go get to fourteen. I think so. Like I think you know maybe I'm wrong. But, like, let's say the Chiefs beat the Chargers the next time they Okay, play. so conservatively, 13. 13, yes. So they, w- they would need to go 11-3 and three the rest of the way, which is which is totally doable. Wait, yeah. no. No, 9-3. and three. What am I talking about? It's math, man. It's, wow, it is 445, and we're just going to do a running line. 9-3, nine, nine and, and like I said, yeah. they're probably going to drop a game or two randomly. They'll be favored in 12 games left. They'll be yeah, favored I could in see 11 it. of them. I, I could see them getting a one seed with a 13-win team. It but just changes the dynamic so much because if you don't have to – like weird things happen every single year. Yeah. Like you could absolutely go into a wild card weekend game and lose. Like the Bills almost did last year to the Colts mm-hmm. as the two seed. Like that stuff just happens. Every team that gets into the playoffs is good. Like that's just how it works. You go in, you're playing a home game against a team that you should beat, and then you're in the AFC Championship and it's at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Like, look what the Patriots did, like, every year for, like, 20 years. <laughs> I know. They got a bye, then they won. They also had and the... then all of a sudden they were in the AFC Championship. They also had the uh, advantage of there being two buys back then. Yes. So the Bills missed out on that window. Yeah, so I guess it's true. more more emphasis to try and get that, get that top seed in uh-huh. the AFC. But, yeah, I mean, I'm probably not as, like, I'm not quite there to where it would be hey it would be a disappointment if they don't get that one seed uh-huh. but i i would understand where people are coming from with that it's just to me because it's week five uh-huh. that's why i you know 
trying to be in the predictive business outside of two to three weeks in advance yeah. is usually not ideal yeah there's so many teams. things there's so many things that could happen yeah there's so many different way too many variables in football yeah it's crazy and it is it's weird i mean you just like look around the league like we were just talking about how the patriots are a fine team that might contend for a wild card spot later in the year and they barely squeaked out a win against the texans right. and davis mills right. who the bills just put up 40 on and shut out so mm-hmm. it, it's a weird league look at the titans i know they had injuries to aj brown and to julio jones aj but, played today no, that's, I mean, but last yeah. week they lost to the Jets. Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they could go to Tennessee next week and lose. Yeah, they absolutely could. Like, Tennessee always plays them tough. Always. For like the last three years. Every year. Yeah. I'm, I am uh, very much looking forward to digging into that uh, Titans-Jaguars film to see what uh, what the Titans have going on. But, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's setting up well for the Bills, I think, is the point we can Very we can well. we can both uh, agree on. All right, because it is so early in the damn morning, I say we just get right. <laughs> well, we should talk about the defense a little bit um, before before we get into awards. Uh, what if we just make all the awards defensive? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, I thought the game plan by Leslie Frazier was great and. They're, they were doing certain elements. Um, I'm insane and I track snaps during during the game. We all, we all know I'm insane. But the one thing that they were doing was to make up for Matt Milano, they used a two-pronged attack. On early downs and short yard situations, A.J. Klein was out there, and whenever it was a passing down or obvious, or like third down or an obvious passing situation, they would bring in Sarandio. Um, he did a really nice job Mm -hmm. i thought and it's a tough assignment but where saran neal struggles because he doesn't really have a home of a position they call him a cornerback but he's not really a cornerback Mm -hmm. they have because he struggles against players who are quicker fast twitch quick movements quick feet all that stuff and so that's that's tough when when you're a cornerback on the roster but if you have him in a in a solo matchup Against a against a tight end like Travis Kelsey, which they did a lot of the times, and it wasn't always man to man coverage. A lot of it was zone, but he would still have to check that guy at the line of scrimmage. He could stick with uh, Kelsey's movements and Kelsey's physicality. Got called for a couple of penalties, but the the whole is greater than than those two little moments. Uh, I I really really liked what Saran Neal d- did today, and it certainly helped bail them out of a tough spot without Matt Milano. But all of this would not have been possible without the pass rush stepping up the way that mm-hmm. they did. Because that was, for me, I, I spent like 20 minutes on it on the preview podcast. That if this team wanted to you know, be able to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and come away with a victory like, the one, like this one, they needed their front four to be so much better than they have been the last two weeks. And they were. The defensive ends absolutely crushed it greg rousseau was awesome boogie basham was was way better this week than he was last week against houston um jerry hughes put together some good rushes mario addison drew a penalty aj epinesa i believe drew one penalty um and then on the interior fa obata after being inactive for three weeks i thought he had a strong game playing only at defensive tackle because the bills only dressed three defensive tackles in this game 
uh, it was just a, a brilliant game plan on the back end and coverage. You know, they constantly had they, they were using Micah Hyde as a chess piece to to go and, and thwart anything that uh, that the Chiefs were trying to throw at them. Even when the pass rush just didn't get there, I mean, the defense was just outstanding. And and to only and to only come away come away and give up twenty points, you know, seven of which was when the Chiefs were in total desperation mode at at the end of the game. That is damn impressive. So full marks to uh, to Leslie Frazier and company. They were awesome. And I was just looking this up. So according to NFL Next Gen Stats, one of the most impressive parts about that was they were getting to Mahomes and kind of you know forcing him into uncomfortable situations without blitzing. The Bills did not blitz once in the second half. Yeah. No, it it, it, ma- it makes sense because, you know, our, our uh, friend of the show, Nate Taylor, who uh, covers the Chiefs for the Athletic, he's like, if I can give one bit of advice, do not blitz Patrick Mahomes because it will not end up well for you. Yeah. Um, and, you know. 7%. That's all they did. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes total sense because – if you have one less person in coverage, then he's Mah- going to find it. He's Mah- going to pick you apart. Mahomes is going to find it, and he's going to burn the blitz because he can move. Um, Rousseau but was so good today. He was very, he was very good. I, I, it was not only just from a pass rush perspective, and the interception was was kind of the flash play. I thought he was really good against the run today. Um, there were just so many little moments for him. And even just redirecting a runner back inside, mm-hmm. like all of this stuff that that uh, sometimes goes unnoticed, he was doing really well. And you know, to a lesser degree, I mentioned him before, but Bookie Basham, I thought was had a really nice game today, and I I would not have seen that coming based on what I saw last week. Um, still have to see the film, whatever. We're not in awards yet, but Basham looked like he was pushing the pocket. It looked like he was varying his moves um, and certainly not giving up on plays. And that's a like if they, if they can get those two guys to play consistently, which is tough because it's a rookie yeah. rookie year and you don't really know what you have and you're going to get splash splash moments, everything like that. But if they can get those two guys to perform at a consistent level, then the defensive end room will be in pretty good hands, even if even if it's only Rousseau who's a long-term starter and, and Basham's more, more of a rotational guy, whatever. You get Basham for 20 to 25 snaps a game, you get Rousseau to be a, your starter, and then you figure out the rest of your defensive end rotation. So I, I, I really like both of those guys today. Taron Johnson also had himself a weekend. He got paid a boatload of money, and then he performed like a standout star player yesterday against the Chiefs. I mean, <laughs> I had to think about what day it is. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um like he was matched up a lot with Tyree Kill. He was matched up with Kelsey a couple like he was great. He's really good. Yeah. And I, I will say just um like I'm not taking away from Taron Johnson, but getting matched up when you're in zone isn't really like Yeah, it's just a crazy thing, yeah. but but still, it's jamming at the line of scrimmage if, if you're up that close or if he's in your zone, being able to react quickly. And he, he had to do quite a bit of that as well. So Yeah, he had one where yeah. he was just kind of standing there in the same place as like Hill, and he just kind of stuck his hand in front of him. 
and it didn't even look like he moved. Like yeah. it was almost like an accident that he was there. But it was like, okay. Yeah, I'll take your word for it because I I didn't watch Taron Johnson all that closely. I was more so focused on the pass rush. But but yeah, I mean it. Uh, I was focused on the pass rush and watching what the linebackers were doing. Um, so and I don't remember Tre'Davious White like getting target. I mean, I know there was the pass interference penalty with the Kelsey thing, but I don't. He really, missed a tackle too, I believe. Did he miss a tackle? Yeah, but yeah. I was gonna say like I don't remember like anything standing out with him, which is you know kind of common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the defense they they brought it, and yeah, it was the the pass rush, which has to help the back end against an opponent like that one. Because if the pass rush isn't going, then the back end is not going to do well. It's it's really that simple against Patrick Mahomes. This is a weird one because like we're going to ultimately spend a little less time talking about the defense. And this is their most impressive por- performance so far this season. But the offense was also so good. And this was also probably their best performance so far this yeah. season. So it's weird because normally we would do like the big focus is one side of the ball. And then we would talk about the other side as kind of like a complimentary piece. Well, today they were both so good that there's only so much you can say. So there's, <laughs> there's really like what you really can't be critical about very many players on this team today. I mean, it's I think this is one of those games where uh, I, th- I think people want to think about the big picture more than more than 100%. anything because of what it could mean yes, so very much so so i you'll i i hope you'll all give us a pass for only talking about the uh the defense for a solid eight minutes um all right let's get to awards because it's damn near 5 a.m oh um and yeah and i need i need to go to sleep <laughs> i think i'm gonna watch my morning show hit back in buffalo at f- oh my gosh <laughs> All right, so uh, let's let's kick it off with the uh, uh, with the negative stuff. We're gonna go with the Dree Archer Award for the player who did not show up today, Matt Bobay. Who would you like to go with? Cole Beasley, second <laughs> week in a row, didn't do anything, and apparently deleted his Twitter account. Yes, so. and deleted his Twitter account. Uh, one reception, two targets, five yards. Draw your own conclusions. Yeah, uh, I will go with Devin Singletary. I yeah. um, here's a, here's a stat for you. The last three games, Zach Moss has outsnapped um, uh, Devin Singletary, but that's not the stat. In week three, Zach Moss had 55%. In week four, Zach Moss had 55%. In week five against Kansas City, Zach Moss took 73% of the snaps, yeah. which is... Zach Moss is now RB1. Well, he was tonight. He's been the better player. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be that high of a disparity, but I will say in the last part of the game, uh, he outsnapped Devin Singletary twenty-five to seven. So, what was the word you used in the press box? Fumblicious. Yeah, de- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I call. I called. Uh, well, there was one point where the Bills were trying to close out the game that they trotted Devin Singletary out there when the rain was, like, at its worst. And Devin Singletary has a league high for running backs, four fumbles this year. He has the highest fumble rate through four weeks at 7.1%. He averages a fumble once every 14 touches. Like, you want to put that guy in that situation? And I'm like, yeah, r- really, uh, like, that's one of the thing only things that I disagreed with from them from this game. It's like, yeah, you're really going to put your most fumblelicious running yeah, back in exactly the game at, at, at this moment with with this sort of rain. And Elena Getzenberg, who who um, covers the Bills for ESPN, she looked she looked over. She's like, what did you just say? I'm like, fumblelicious, fumblelicious. 
get a hold of it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Devin Singletary there. Uh, all right, the uh, the Vontae Davis Award for the player that didn't show up in the second half. I think I was going to go with Singletary before you picked Singletary for your last one. I'm going to take it. I don't care. Um, huh. You can you can go Singletary. I'm going to go Singletary. Yeah, I'm just going to go snap Singletary count. because low snap count didn't really do much. Um, mm-hmm. I No, I'm going to leave it out there because I don't want to say two people. All right. I You could have. Because my Vontae Davis award goes to the Adam Thielen guy. Oh, that was so... Yes, you were not going to guess. You know, he stuck it out for he did. 30 minutes of you football. Know, you know what? Uh, the Ad- if For those that don't know, that didn't follow along on Twitter... Um, right, off, how dare you? <laughs> right at the beginning of the game, during the National Anthem, I, I'd like to scan the crowd just to see what stupid jerseys I see. Um, and... I always find it interesting when a person wears a jersey from a different team to a game. Yeah. It's not like it's not like the worst thing in the world, but like if it it might just be personal preference. Like if I, if I was in this oh, I'm not wearing jerseys anyway, but if I'm in that situation, like I'm probably just wearing a t-shirt or yeah. or wear a coat or something like that. But I found this guy, and I'm like Hey, uh, hey! Uh, good news, everybody. There's a guy in an Adam Thielen jersey down in, down in the crowd. And when the lightning, when the <laughs> lightning break happened, and there was a seek shelter notice on the jumbotron for like a solid thirty to forty five minutes, Adam Thielen guy was down there just living it up, and he was sitting in his seats, ig- completely ignoring the warning. It didn't. Not until it started raining in buckets at one point did when the entire stadium cleared out did he finally go in and it's like he's he's seeking shelter he's finally following orders and then when when fans started to come back out there Adam Thielen guy nowhere to be found and fifteen minutes into the game actually happening Adam Thielen guy was gone. <laughs> So Adam Thielen guy gets the award for gets the Vontae Davis award for the uh, the player in today's game that did not show up in the second half. I hope the internet helps us find Adam Thielen guy. Well, I took a picture. That's what I mean. I mean, how many people were at the Chiefs game in an Adam Thielen? Guy? I was kind of hoping he saw it and and he tweeted at it, but there's no way. There's well, no way he did. No, too bad. I was I was really hoping for it. Oh, well. Um, All right. Let's go to the land of the positive. The Matt Barkley Award for the player that caught you by surprise today. Um, I am going to go with Boogie Basham. Because like like you said, expectations weren't really there. He got a pretty significant amount of snaps considering what he was, you know, he was inactive a couple weeks ago. Made some splash plays. Really, you know, really strong. What is this? His second start or not start? Second, second game. game. Yeah, and it's only a second game. So, like three weeks ago, we were talking about how he wasn't sniffing the lineup, and now he's making plays. Mm-hmm. So good for you. Yeah, boogie. <laughs> he he boogied down. I'm going with Fa Obata okay. um, because he was the the Bills went with the strategy of only dressing three. Um, I guess, uh, defined defensive tackles. They made both Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler inactive. They wanted to highlight getting pressure with their front four. 
And they thought that F.A. Obata gave them the best chance to do that. And I thought he did a really nice job with it. So, And he played the run on some snaps as well as the defensive tackle. So uh, F.A. Obata gets gets that award. And, you know, pretty telling that that the two guys that got the, you know, uh, Matt Barkley uh, pleasantly surprise award are two of their three big pass rushing additions yep. to uh, to their uh, to their uh, repertoire yeah. uh, against Patrick Mahomes. So there's that. Um, all right, let's go with the uh, gotta watch the tape award. Matt Bovey, who you got? I will go with AJ Klein because it seems like he was kind of all over the field, and that's a good thing. But I just kind of want to see how he did when he was called upon because he made a lot of tackles and whatnot. But you know, I never. I don't remember right now at first glance. It might just be because it's like 5 a.m. I don't remember like any super specific huge plays from A.J. Klein, but that also doesn't mean that he, you know, had a bad day. I think mm-hmm. he had a pretty good day. Yeah. But I want to check more into that. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with a little bit of a different angle on it. I got to watch the tape on Micah Hyde to see how damn impressive he was and if it was as impressive or even more impressive than I was first thinking because Mm -hmm. that dude was everywhere. Michelle Branch status. Um, He was awesome. And I I think it is so worth – he is so worthy of the national acclaim he is finally getting this year because for years he has been one of the best safeties in the league. I, for my money, I think he's a better player than Jordan Poyer. And I know they kind of go hand in hand. But what he prevents opposing teams from doing to the Bills on a weekly basis goes so unnoticed every single week. And for him to finally get like the stats to go with it, like he's he's going to be a Pro Bowl player this year. And he deserves it. And I, I, I think he is, he is in the conversation for one of the best five safeties in the league. Yeah. And Ram. Um, all right. Blaine Gabbert, oh, no, the Blaine Gabbert Matthew Fairburn Award for Perseverance. Who you got? I'm going to go with Josh Allen. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, that's 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 a pretty good one. I think, you know, how what's what's the best cookie? Oh, again with the cookies. What's the best I'm cookie? Gonna, I'm going to become a heel because... I'm not a big cookie guy. So yeah, it's, well, I am. So, so and so now because I'm not a big cookie guy, I'm I'm gonna roll my eyes every time the cookie segment comes Josh up. Josh Allen today fine, I'll do it. was not just a chocolate chip cookie, which would have been fine. If Josh Allen was a chocolate chip cookie in this game, they still would have had a chance to win. Josh Allen today was one of those toll house ice cream sandwiches with two chocolate chip cookies that has the ice cream in the middle, and they're like $18 at Disney World or like $6 at your local ice cream truck. I have no idea what you're talking about. You've never seen the ice cream sandwich cookie that is like cookies? You know how like an ice cream sandwich has like the stupid like chocolate yeah, like crust I, thing? I, I know. I know. I, I can see what you're talking These about. These are legit two chocolate chip cookies surrounding... A pellet of ice cream. That sounds way too rich for me. Uh, no. Like like chocolate rich. Well, no. I, I think it's really good. <laughs> but that's what Josh Allen was today. Okay. He he was elite. He you're, was, you're saying he was an ice cream sandwich. That's what you're saying. A cookie ice cream sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't know he was a cookie cake. <laughs> 5.06 in the morning. He was a cookie cake. Five oh six. It's a cookie cake with a nice message in, on it. In the morning. Oh, 
what is happening <laughs> see so bad. see i know see this is what happens for these night games and we got another one next week <laughs> oh my gosh yep, this that... stupid rain delay uh-huh. <laughs> yep it happened um all right so my blaine gabbert matthew fairburn award for perseverance will go to gabriel davis he didn't get many snaps um and he, on his only target of the game he pulled in a clutch first down so I'll, I'll go with Gabriel Davis. Not, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and call him a cookie, but uh, I think I think he uh, he did well with the opportunity that was presented. He's like a sugar cookie. He I, was fine I just, once. I, I just want this to be over. <laughs> All right, so the Bills win this one 38-20. They're now 4-1 and one on the season. And, uh, yeah, they're... They're in a pretty promising position right now in the confines of the AFC, and and maybe we'll see how they compare with some of the other top tier teams as the as the season kind of rolls along. All right, Matt Beauvais, any uh, fond words of farewell for our listeners at five oh seven in the morning? Good night, goodbye, <laughs> and good luck, or good morning if you're actually no at this point. Good morning, <laughs> goodbye, and good luck. Okay, well, good luck indeed. All right. So uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to head over to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat and subscribe right now for 50% off your yearly subscription. You can get access to all of uh, the stuff that both me and Tim Graham write about the Bills, uh, John Vogel on the Sabres, anything NBA since that season's coming up pretty quick here, uh, anything Premier League since that season's still going. So. Yeah, basically any league you could want, we, uh, we cover. So theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat for 50% off. Okay, so for Matt Bovet, my name is Joe Piscalia. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this edition of the Buffalo Beat, and we will talk to you for the preview game leading up to the Titans game next week. See you then.